Hey guys, welcome back to the second episode of the Pit Boss Podcast. Um, just want to say thank you to everybody that reached out to us and gave us some feedback. Everybody that said that they watched. Um, we really appreciate it here at Dirty Media. Um, this week we got on tap. We're going to talk about NASCAR again, obviously. Um, we're going to talk about No Gregson. Get that out of the room. We're also going to go all the way to Iowa, talk about 360s, and then we're going to round up uh, with a special guest. Uh, we had actually Spicy's boss. Uh, Rodney Steely, he uh, joined us for an interview, and uh, it's pretty exciting, but I will say, excuse Spicy, it's it's his first time, so give him some props. Um, definitely going to be a lot better in the future, but uh, we also got Pitch from US24, he's going to talk about the Carroll Smith Memorial and what it means to him. So uh, let's dig right in. NASCAR, we had um, NASCAR as at Michigan. Xfinity race was a doozy, let's say that. Did you watch Xfinity at all? I watched uh, bits and pieces of it. I didn't watch the whole thing because I kind of knew it was going to be a long one, and I didn't want to sit there and kind of watch through it all. But I was excited to see Hosevar up there towards the start of the race before he got wrecked out there on lap, what, five or seven, something like that? Yeah, that was when all the Gibbs cars took each other out. So, I mean, (laughs) stuck behind Gibbs cars, I mean, that's kind of a good thing when you're running Spire equipment, but then... To have them wreck each other in front of you, that's just crazy. That's a big bill to pay, yeah. nonetheless. You saw John Hunter Nemechek take that win with Josh Baird behind him. Both stars of Xfinity trying to move up in Cup. Uh, rumors about John Hunter Nemechek going to, uh, what is it, 42, the Legacy Motorsports. Um, that leads right into the conversation with Noah Gregson. I mean guy likes it to like like something on social media and that gets him in trouble like it's, it's a crazy world we live in where you can just like something and it gets you in trouble like what i don't understand i i just saw that one of the drivers was out and there was a replacement driver i'm like what what could he possibly have done because it was like conflicting with the team i'm like okay i didn't see yeah. anything that was like you know terribly bad or even that could be misunderstood. I, I was I was just very confused. I when I saw the the thing he liked, I was like, oh no, like that that didn't get him in trouble. That like I've seen worse things, obviously. Like in my opinion, I think Denny Hamlin when he made the like the driver good luck everybody else that thing. I thought that was worse than what he did. Denny Hamlin made a meme that was distasteful to a lot of people in the community. And he likes something that's obviously distasteful to a lot, and he gets suspended indefinitely. Yeah, it's just crazy, you know. Just not even really nothing too excessive. It's just a like on a post or a reshare on Twitter or whatever app you're using, whatever their form of saying, I like that. It's not Twitter anymore, it's X. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, I mean, it's just, in my opinion, also, it opens the door for, like I said, John Hunter Nemechek. He was in, he, he's been the number one person to go to that 42 car, and I think it just moves him up on the list more, and they just have him there ready for it. Um, you saw Christopher Busher gets his second win of the season, back-to-back, in Brad Kozlowski's hometown, uh, Michigan. Michigan was, I, I honestly thought that they were going to pace Monday, to 80 laps, get halfway, and then call it. Like, that's my... Th- I thought that's what was going to happen. Yeah, I didn't watch anything on Monday. I wow. So I don't really know what was going on. But I was too busy working. Sunday, they... Uh, obviously, they rained out. Uh, 75 laps into the race, and then Monday, they started at noon, paced the cars, put them in the freaking front, or brought them down pit road, Got the track dried. They were good to go. Raced it out. Like I said, Christopher Busher obviously won the race. But I'm going to talk about Martin Truex Jr. here. He had a fast car, and he was probably the most dominant car of the night or day, whatever you want to call it. Just he that track's just so hard to pass. And every time he got up to Busher, Busher, like he didn't really squeeze him down, but he took the air off of his car, which got him loose, which in like that to me that was a move of the race if he doesn't push him down he gives him room Truax drives by wins but he pushed he like he took the wind off of him got 
loose, and he made the right call, and he got his second win the season. Yeah, and that was like the big thing at Michigan in almost any of the NASCAR series was kind of moving out of the air for that car either next to you or beside or behind you, and next thing you know, they're gone. Yeah, it's it's a they're dirty. either spinning out or they're just tanking. It's all about dirty air there. Um, but yeah, um, oh, I gotta see this. I know I liked it somewhere, but uh, points wise. Busher's obviously in. Martin Truax Jr. took over the points lead. Um, AJ Allmendinger is still fighting. still fighting. We have Chase Elliott probably Chase not going to make the playoffs at all. He seriously hasn't gotten a win? No, he hasn't gotten a win, and he just wrecked out, so it's looking really tough. Um, Ty Gibbs is in right now. He's 16th. Bubba Wallace is... Uh, wait, yeah, he's 17th, or 15th, I can't read, I'm so confused. Um, I need some bifocals. I know, right? Stenhouse is locked in by the win, but the crazy thing about Stenhouse is if he didn't have the win, he'd still be locked in on playoff points. Um, Bowman sitting 20th, Almondinger sitting there, Daniel Suarez, Michael McDowell, and McDowell's a road ringer, so he's got two road courses here to make up points, so I, I... with this cut line, dude, I think McDowell is going to be one that locks in, and I think I want to say Bubba's going to be the one looking out. Bubba's not the best at road courses, and we got two of them coming in here, and it's going to be tough. Like that's what I kind of like when NASCAR goes to the road courses is it takes. I don't want to be mean here, but it puts like more into the driver's hands yeah. because there's not a you know, a buddy system where you kind of have to follow behind him, get the air or on the, like the mile and a half where I don't want to say it's kind of easy, but you know, you really have one kind of groove, maybe two, and you kind of do the same thing repetitively, but like on a road course, you're turning left and then maybe in 200 feet, you're turning right. And then you got a 300 foot long straight, then you're turning left again. And then not necessarily the easiest to pass on. So I think, you're going to see some people that you probably normally would see in that middle pack probably come up and win. I say you got a SVG. He is joining the ranks for Indy, which is this weekend. Uh, he'll be racing for the uh, 91 track house team. So I get to see him this weekend. I'll be down there um, enjoying my time on Sunday. Sadly, this is the first time I don't get to see the doubleheader on Saturday. But, uh, I'm going to be there on Saturday, though, for the doubleheader. I'll, I'll be there Sunday. Um, but it's exciting. Indy's always exciting. Um, I wish they would try the new gen on ovals. Hopefully I get my wish here soon. But uh, turn one's always a freaking blast. That's where I'm sitting. I told my fiance she is one that definitely wants there to be shade, but I told her I'm sacrificing shade for this race. Because I... I First year we sat, when it was the road course, we sat in the infield. Second race was out in the IndyCar turn one, the oval turn one. And then this year we're going down to turn one uh, in the road course. So uh, I... That's where I'm going to be, actually. <laughs> They're in the turn four of the oval. I'm going to watch them come down the straight at full speed and take that high speed uh, sharp turn. So I'll, I'm excited for that. Um, no F1 this weekend. Uh, I don't think there was any big news out there. Um, let's go into Knoxville. Let's head over to Knoxville. You had, um, the 360 Nationals. Funny thing was, uh, Rico Abreu was Rookie of the Year in the Knoxville Nationals for the 360s, which surprised me. So, um, he had a good run. Was it the second night or was it the first night that he was third? I think it was the second night. Because I think he finished on the podium with like Brian Brown as well. Uh, this is the second night, yeah. He finished on the podium with Brian Brown uh, winning and then Reitzel second. That was a close race too, wasn't it? Uh, I Once again, I didn't watch. I was watching the Iron Man. If I believe I was that was... Wa- that was down to the line in, like, a couple seconds. Let's, Yeah, they don't have time. They don't set up the time or anything, but... Oh, 0.02 seconds. 
So, yeah, it was Only a really close. It was a really close race, and then I fifty five saw Larson and who was Larson battling with? I was about to say Corey Day, but no, that was high limits. Oh, Corey Day, that was tough for him. Uh, I did see the flip at I fifty five for Corey Day. Um, happy to see that he's okay and walked out and everything. Um, but who won the Ironman 55 last or this weekend on Friday? On Friday, I believe it was David Gravel because they called it short because of that wreck in turn four because it actually brought the fence down almost to the ground. So they called it so they could go do fence repairs during the night and make sure it was ready to go for Saturday. So I take that back. So that race was on Saturday night. The one at uh, Knoxville, that was on Saturday night with uh, Brian Brown winning that one, which I think it was still the 360s. They only have one night. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I think it's a two-day show. Way, Brian Brown won the 360 Nationals by .02 seconds. That was a good race. Um, the second night saw uh, – did they rain out Saturday? The Nash. Oh no, I don't. I don't believe they did. I believe they raced. What ran on Sunday? Am I just Sunday? I think you might be. (laughs) Anyways, the second night of um, I fifty five, Larson, he blew a motor. Correct. Oh wait, no, that was last night where he blew the motor. Let's. That was at. Yeah, that was at something else. Let's talk about. I-55. Who won Saturday night at I-55? I want to say it was Larson. I can check here, but I do believe it was Larson. Because I think Gravel just came up a little short on that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, because they were battling it out, and uh, Larson took the win there. Oh, nope. I did not find the result. But I do believe it was Larson, because I do remember Gravel almost had it. I say, if I remember right, it was like the same situation to the Knoxville Nationals. Like, And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you're right. It was a really close win there for Larson, and then um, Late Models had a close win, too, if I'm not mistaken. Once again, I have not watched the Late Models. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was a good race for the late models. So, did you hear about the midgets on Friday night of the Ironman? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, basically, the track was so, like, fucking heavy that they were pulling tear-offs at such a... Well, I should say, they were pulling them off way too fast. And they act... And you would see some of them would actually pull off... Because they ran out of tear-offs. Yeah, I and then under the World of Outlaw feature, they threw a mandatory red. I think it was about halfway through for them to go put more tariffs back on their helmet. Yeah, that's that's just something you don't want to see. Like, well, that's just something you never hear of either. No. I mean, when was the last time you heard of they had a red flag for putting on tear-offs? I mean, you're not wrong. That's just... That's just an awkward situation for all. Yeah, because usually if there's a mandatory red, it's, you know, a long feature where they can't hold enough fuel, so they'll stop the race to give the guys the chance to get the fuel. Yeah, it was... I I remember seeing Twitter, like, all on fire for that situation. They were all... (laughs) They were not really happy with it. And if they did stack enough tariffs on, they would end up looking like they had night vision goggles on coming all the way out here. Yeah. Um, late models, Bobby Pierce beat out Hudson O'Neill by point zero or yeah, point zero seven three seconds. So I think that was the biggest margin of victory out of the three biggest races this weekend. It's crazy to believe that it's not even a tenth of a second. I know. But seven hundredths. That of just, a second. That just goes to show you like how good the racing was this weekend. It also just goes to show you the competition in all these series as well. It just shows that one person is not like completely advanced, unlike F1, where you know there's 22 second gaps. Here, we're 
maybe a hand length apart from each other. Yeah. Um, we're going to head on to the High Limits race at Kokomo last Tuesday, so a week ago. We're recording this on Tuesday. Um, it's kind of scrambled around. We apologize for that. But uh, time for each other to get th- sit down and talk to each other was very limited. But we are we're getting it done. But let's go to Kokomo High Limits. What a badass race. Oh, dude, that almost makes me want Kokomo to be weekly again. Dude, it like Kokomo, that was bad to the bone or even get more World of Outlaw shows back. Dude, late Because that was badass. The late models were awesome there and the 410s were awesome there. Like you can't ask for better racing. It was awesome to see. Um, you'll hear our special guests talk about him, but Peck take the win. Yeah, he's one of those. I think I believe he runs full time with the All Stars, and he's another one of the guys that will always finish towards the front unless he has a wreck. And oddly enough, he actually used to drive for our special guest or work really close with our special guest later. You can say his name. It's Rodney. We already said it. Oh, Rodney. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it was cool to see an Indiana boy kind of take it to. Larson and all them, which, I mean, Larson had it, but then Larson hit the wall. He got a little greedy on the cushion, and once he hit that wall, Justin Peck just said, bye, see ya, and uh, he was gone. Yeah, honestly, the they need to have a special night where they run the World of Outlaw late models, the World of Outlaws, and USAC. That, the trio, would be bad to the bone. Even throw midgets. Because personally, oh yeah, I'm personally I'm a big fan of Kyle Cummins, and he owns Kokomo. Uh, but yeah, it it was nice to see. Um, for a Tuesday night, the crowd was packed. Like it. Oh it yeah. Was amazing. Like the pits. I didn't go. I thought it would be smart to leave right after the race, because I saw everybody go in the pits. I also was parked on the back stretch, so I did not leave for another hour. So I probably should just win the pits. So <laughs> yeah, I would have maybe gotten gotten some t-shirts signed. Shoot, I've seen plenty of I've seen them plenty enough. It doesn't. I'd rather take a picture at this point with them. But uh, yeah, it was nice to see. I would say that was probably my biggest like excitement for the year, yeah. seeing everybody there. Little kids, adults, everybody just smiling and having a good freaking time. Like, where else on a Tuesday night can you have a couple hundred, maybe a thousand, I mean, just spitballing here, definitely a couple hundred people to go and watch a race. Like, this is why I love dirt racing. Like, you don't, well, get, like, that, you don't get this in NASCAR where you pay 45 bucks and you can go see the best drivers. You don't get that in NASCAR. You have to go through security, blah, blah, blah. And dirt racing, you can just go and you can go see them. Like, you can go in the pits after the races for free. You can pay the extra $5 like I did and go in the pits and watch them work on their cars. Watch them talk to their crews. It's just something about dirt racing is why, like, the community, the people, the tracks, everybody. It's just everything. Everybody loves everybody. Like, that's the thing. Like, ELE, it's, it's weird to say, but it's just... Everybody gets along. It's just a good old time. Like, you don't really have to struggle to get to meet people. Like, you can go US 24 next weekend, or this weekend, and for 30 bucks, go meet Kyle Busch. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's... And one of the things I do love about dirt racing is when you watch something like the World of Outlaws, you know, these guys are the best of the best. You know, they're ultra competitive with each other. But when it comes down to it, when someone goes into the work area, half the time you'll see at least four or five different team members from across all the teams there rushing to go help each other. Just to, even if it's not their driver or not like, you know, their team second driver or whatever, don't care who. They're out there and they're spinning the wrenches on it to get it back out, which I think is awesome. You don't see any NASCAR guys, <laughs> any of their pit crews coming out to help the competition. Yeah. I mean,. On another note is, like, yeah, I, I did see a, a couple people upset. Like, Kyle Larson wasn't out of his trailer during Heat Racer. He's in race mode. 
But after the races, he stayed and he signed, talked to everybody. It's just, where else in this world do you get to see the people that are driving for 40 bucks, 30 bucks, 45? Where else? Well, and like, most of the time, if you're there either before racing starts, you know, before they're engine heats or after the races they're more than willing to talk to you and tell yeah. practically tell you anything you want but like you said kind of once racing starts they're kind of getting the racing mode talking with their team and they're kind of i don't want to be rude here but they kind of don't want to be disturbed i don't blame they're them. trying they're trying to well win that night yeah. but after the race you can go up and they're yeah. as friendly as ever it's like the high limits race was twenty six thousand to win I mean, if I had 26000 on the line and I was about to go out for it, I, I, I wouldn't talk to anybody. That's not me being... I'd just be talking to my team. Yeah, yeah. I say that's not me trying to be rude or anything. That's just me being prepared for what's coming up. Like, I, I don't want to miss out on an opportunity. I don't want my mental mistakes to happen because I was worried about what other people were thinking. Yeah, most definitely. Especially because that's, well, their job is to go out there and win that. Yeah. So you kind of need to be prepared. Um, let's roll into rainouts this weekend. Man, what did you do this weekend when we got rained out? Well, we were at the shop Saturday. Me and my brother were getting, or me and my brother and my dad were getting the car ready to go to 24 after he had an unfortunate electrical shortage happen, burnt a wire. So we were getting that prepared, and we heard the rain out. So we decided, well, we're just going to finish this car. We went home, and I went and uh, played some games with my uncle. We played some Magic the Gathering. (laughs) A little bit of a nerd. Oh, man. Um, I had a friend and his wife and his son over. uh, I cooked dinner for him, hung out. I mean, Saturdays are usually my time at the track so it was really nice to get away i know we've had a lot of that but it was nice to kind of do my own thing relax and i slept in until like 11 saturday so it was nice i wasn't tired we just sat around um i introduced them to iRacing so we did a little iRacing i showed them my new setup and everything but yeah um, joe boo needs shipped off Yo, Boo needs to be sent to another planet. <laughs> I mean, every time we have a rain or potential for a rain out, he gets posted and it rains. And this is like the fifth or sixth time this year. I think we need a new one. I did see and... that um, Joe Boo's taking a break now. It's Snoop Dogg on a golden driller. <laughs> I, I think it should have been Snoop on a stoop. <laughs> If anybody, gotta get the rhyme going. If anybody understands Joe Boo, please shout us out because uh, your brother was it you or your brother that tried to explain it in the group chat? Oh no, I it, was it was Tyler. It was Tyler. Tried Tyler. To explain it, and nobody understood where it was from, so I'm not going to explain it to anybody. If you know what Joe Boo is from, just shout us out, man. I I love the movies. I enjoy it, so I'm I'm very happy with where Joe Boo's at and everything. Yeah, just never take his liquor, though. <laughs> um, so this weekend on tap at 24, you have the Carroll Smith Memorial on Saturday, but you also have a points night on Friday, which Friday is going to be a twist for Saturday. Friday, they're taking the highest finisher in the classes. Is it just one class, or is it multiple classes? For the Carroll Smith, it's all classes, so I would believe they would do that for all classes as well. But they're taking the highest finisher from Friday night, who didn't make it Saturday, and giving them an extra spot, which I think is a fancy twist. So, Yeah, I think that's a great opportunity to even give someone who may have just had unfortunate luck, you know, go, you know, they might have wrecked or, you know, car maybe not starting or something. It gives them a good chance to get out there and put on a show for the, all the people who show up. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned earlier, you have Kyle and Brexton Bush. They're going to be in the house for Friday and Saturday, according to their social media. Um, I, I would like to see other people. I've known, I know Sheldon Creed came down. Um, Brett Moffitt showed up for a race last year. So it'd be interesting to see if anybody else pops up. And I, I think it was a couple weeks ago, but there was actually a 
IMSA driver there at 24 Racing maybe two, three weeks ago. Or no, I think it was during Sprague Week. Who's that? I, I don't remember his you name. Can't, you can't come with this and not know. <laughs> but my mom just sent it to me because I am a pretty big fan of IMSA. I just find the cars cool. The DPIs or GTPs actually is what they're called now. But he was there and that was kind of cool to see that more people are getting into it as well. Not just, you know, the World of Outlaws coming down, but it's you got the NASCAR guys coming down. You got IMSA coming down. And I'm sure sooner or later we'll see IndyCar guys come down. F1 guys, maybe. Um, with that being said, talking about the Carroll Smith Memorial, we had the opportunity to take time out of our day and out of this person's day. Uh, Richard Smith, he's a big figure at US24, helps to the Stone Sharp crew. Um, he also helps put put up the Carol Smith Memorial. So uh, we had time to talk to him, ask him about what it means to him. And so uh, we're going to play the clip right now. So we got Pidge, a.k.a. Richard Smith here. He is one of the guys that helps out at 24 with Stone Sharp. Um, he's got a big race coming up this weekend. So we figured that uh, since he's getting it streamed on Dirt to Media, that we'd give him some time and uh, let him explain what the Carol Smith Memorial means to him. Yeah, so uh, Colonel Smith, my grandmother, um, got 60 years of racing history at US 24 in my family. Um, my grandmother's father, Roy Clem, was one of the four founding members of US 24 Speedway back in 1959. Um, so, again, got tons of tradition and tons of history in my family. Um, most people that are familiar with my grandma these days, um, back before the reconfiguration of the racetrack and uh, moving the pits over to the campground side, she used to have a pit board. Well, actually, it started before that. She had a little board that she had a radio and would write down um, everybody's lap times from qualifying and then would go write down the heat races and post them for everybody and walk around pretty much everybody's trailer just to kind of let them know where they stood because we didn't have a board back there. Um, and then... Someone made a suggestion to Jimmy, I don't know, probably 2003-ish maybe, maybe before, about just getting her own whiteboard back there. So then I kind of came to a permanent fixture. Her and my sister would do the whiteboards for everybody, put down the, the lap times and, and the heat race lineups and whatnot so that we didn't have to walk all the way around to turn four just to see where we were starting and where our lap times were. Um, and then my great-grandfather raced. Um, my great-great-uncles raced, my grandpa raced, um, some of my uncles raced, well, my uncle raced. Yeah, so just a lot of tradition in, in the family racing at US 24 Speedway, so. So, I, I saw a couple things coming this weekend. There's going to be a twist when it comes to uh, the format. Um, what what is What makes you most excited for this weekend? For me, it's kind of a, a blend of the, the past of what used to be at US 24 when I grew up at it and then where it is now and blending it all together. Um, you know, you got, I say this all the time, not jokingly, but you know, Blaine Fulp and I are the old guys and we used to be the kids. Um, but it's just kind of taken, you know, what it used to be years ago when after the races and the campground was there, everybody hung out. Um, you know, none of us were really in a hurry to get home. Um, we just kind of socialized, hung out, and, and Kind of what we like to do this weekend is what the fireworks we're going to do when we do food afterwards. Um, we'll have food up there at the pavilion by where the where you you pull into the pits, um, and we just kind of like everybody to hang out afterwards and, and kind of mesh the the old school stuff with the new stuff and some of the people and just reminisce and have a good time and talk old stories and just again mesh everything that's from the the past into today and just enjoy it. Now, with that being said, I'm excited for this being this weekend. It's a two-day show. Is it both Carol Smith days, or is it just one day this Carol Smith Memorial? Um, the Carol Smith Memorial is actually just supposed to be Saturday. Um, I know we're kind of we're mixing it in with the Friday night with the provisional thing that, that Jim and Deb have thrown in there. Um, so it's kind of going to be a little bit of a two-day show as far as just the whole experience and blending in together. Um, but as far as, as the big money and the trophies and whatnot that are going to get handed out. That's all going to be pretty much Saturday. 
And now I did see a lot of it, it's good for like the stream and good for the people coming. But I did see that Kyle Bush is actually planning on showing up to both nights. How does that make you feel that a guy like that is willing to come and race at a small US 24 track and his days off? I mean, I think it's great for the racetrack. I think it's great for micro racing. I think it's great for dirt team media. I mean, as far as just continuing to promote this sport and what you guys are doing with dirt team media, what Jim and Deb do, what, you know, all these racetracks do the race micro sprints. I think it's huge that we have names like Kyle Bush and, and bringing Brexton along and, you know, I'm guessing, I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming Chad Bode will have his stuff there and, you know, seeing those big names come in there and seeing what it means and how it's promoting the sport, I think is awesome. And I, I, I'm so glad they're coming this weekend and I, I just hope we can put on a good show for everybody. Well, I appreciate your time here. I appreciate you letting people understand like what it means to you and, uh, hopefully, uh, it all goes off well. And, uh, I can't wait to see how the Carol Smith Memorial goes this Saturday and you guys can catch it all live on dirt to media on Saturday. And we're also going, like you said, Friday we're running as well. So, um, if you ever hear of Carol Smith or anything, this guy right here, he's the guy that you want to go to and talk about it. So, uh, we appreciate him coming on and talking about it with us. So we will definitely, um, see you at the track on Saturday. Yeah. So just so kind of everybody knows what to look forward to this weekend. Um, and actually while we were sitting here waiting on spicy, I got a, I got a message from Jim and Deb. Um, and it looks like we've had another donation towards the junior sprint class to another hundred dollars for the winner. So. The junior sprint class right now is basically paying 600 to win with 12 cars or more, um, plus lap money. Um, a class non-wing is going to be paying 1,000 to win plus lap money. Outlaw non-wing is paying 1,100 plus lap money, and then the senior class is going to be paying 1,000 to win plus lap money. Um, still working on some more details to try to get payouts and fees for the A class wing and the stricter, but um, definitely with some of the donations we've had from everyone. I mean, it's such a long list I wouldn't even want to start to go through it. On here, but we're definitely going to be putting out a lot of money as far as donations and whatnot this weekend. Well, that's awesome to hear. Again, we appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully, like I said, everything goes well on Saturday, and we'll see you there, Bub. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, we super appreciate Pidge for coming on and uh, talking to us about that. So I hope you guys really have the urge to go if you want to. I mean, if not, it'll be on Dirt to Media, but it's it's always different when you're at the track, like we talked about earlier. Just being at the track, being in person, seeing everybody, it's just something different. And uh, getting together for the Carol Smith is special for a lot of people there. Um, I don't know. I know he touched in it, on it in the interview, but she was there since the beginning, essentially. And Yeah, and I be- believe 24 went through some changes there, too. A lot of people asphalt. Don't know. I say a lot of people don't know it was it used to be asphalt. Um, there is a thing on YouTube. If you look it up, it's like Brad Smith's uh, legacy videos or something like that. But it is literally it has video of US twenty four being concrete or asphalt. And if you look at it, it shows the last day or last race that was ever ran there on asphalt. The concession stand is still the same. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think his wasn't that one of Harold's big things was the concession stand. Um, in the interview, didn't she when, run it? In the interview, if you listened, uh, he talked about how she ran the boards, so you like know how the heat races were lined up. That's what yeah. she ran. So he um, he definitely gave us more insight. It was cool to hear. It was interesting to learn, so uh, I'm excited for this weekend. A lot of great people are going to be out there. I know a lot of the uh, family by accident, <laughs> um, but uh, just a lot of good people that are involved there, and I'm excited to see, obviously, it grow to more and bigger things. Um, he said that uh, Junior Sprint just got a bigger payout, so that'll be exciting to see. Um, hopefully, the car count's still high again, like it was two weeks, three weeks ago. Oh, I bet you it will, and anytime someone throws up the money like this, you'll always attract the people, which is why I think it's a great thing that these memorial races, these people are willing to help grow them. Because yeah. like we've seen uh, maybe last year or two years ago, Jordan Sterling lost his dad, and a lot of people came together, myself included, to raise money for payout and other awards and all that to kind of shed light on these people who were a big part of 
either 24 history or just racing history in general. Yeah. Um, so we super appreciate uh, Richard Smith. I don't know if he likes to be called Richie or whatever, but I'm going to keep calling him Pidge or Richard. Um, we super appreciate Pidge coming on and talking about that. Now we are going to transition into our special guests. I'll let Spicy talk about them in a little bit, so go ahead. Well, the special guest, as we said earlier, Rodney Staley. He uh, is my boss at uh, Concept Chassis. He makes... Uh, 600 micro sprint chassis and and if you go to 24 chances are you've seen quite a few of them very huge in indiana i will say do you have any thoughts on that one briar um it it was very informing for me to listen to this interview um i met him at the track a couple weeks ago i've been around obviously concept and the boys for a hot minute but i personally just met him a couple weeks ago and he is a character um i will say spicy made it a little awkward um give him some time he's gonna get better i promise you guys um but it's very interesting it's very good awesome to hear from a builder's standpoint on where this sport's heading where it was and what's next so with that, we're going to send it off to the interview. You got anything else? I was just going to mention, he's going to be definitely one to talk to at the track if you're ever there. With all his accolades and everything he's done in micro sprint racing, there probably isn't a better person at the track that you could talk to to find out more about either the sport or the car or maybe inside of a driver's head. He, I know he hinted towards that in the interview as well. Um, like he said, very approachable guy. Don't be afraid to talk to him at the track. But with that said, we're going to send it off to the interview. I hope you guys enjoy it, honestly. All right. Just let me know when. All you, buddy. All right. So thanks, guys, for tuning in here. We have a very special guest, my boss, uh, Rodney Staley. He uh, owns Concept Chassis and runs it. So I'll let him introduce himself a little more. That means I'm supposed to talk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just making sure. I'm Rodney Staley. I own Concept Chassis and started it 30 years ago. All right, so now we're going to get into probably one of the biggest questions here. How did you get started with racing? Uh, it's just something I always wanted to do as a young kid and uh, just kept pushing until I got the opportunities to do it uh my parents didn't have a lot of money to uh allow me to have those opportunities so uh, another man from up in granger dick zabel uh it started with rc cars and uh did really well at that as a young kid young young and then when I was a senior in high school my uh father loaned me the money to buy my first micro and that's where I started. Started. Okay, then obviously we mentioned you own concepts. So what made you want to start making them as a business instead of just racing? Well, originally it wasn't like for a business. It was uh, I wanted a newer car. Thought I could do better than what was what I had. Uh, couldn't afford to buy a new car. So you kind of just looked at it one day and i thought man i ought to be able to just build those it shouldn't be that hard and uh, started buying some tubing build a jig table and uh, had a lot of help along the way from uh, some really good people but uh did it out of necessity didn't couldn't afford to buy it so you had to build it, build it. yeah and uh we also know with the cars you built you also went down to the shootout a few times so and i no, you didn't. Wasn't a first time win. So, what was it like in the years before you got that first win? Oh, geez, I, uh, I think the first year I went down myself was like 1993. That's a long time ago, probably before you guys were even born. Pretty sure of it. Uh, and it 
you know, we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't have the best motors. We didn't have the best equipment. We didn't have the best shocks. We couldn't afford new tires. Uh, it was everything we could afford to do just to get there and get home. Uh, but wanted to do it, wanted to be part of it. Uh, uh, kept pushing years and years later. And then finally in, uh, in 2004, I got to win, to win for my very first time, which was also the very first feature I ever made at the shootout from 93 to 2004. So I won. The very first feature I ever made. So how long did that uh, first uh, chassis take you to make? You to make? Uh, the, the first one, we did uh, two the first year. Uh, we did the one over the winter, and then the, the irony of that was I built the first one for my brother. Uh, then I... Then I kept goofing around with the one that i was building for myself and then i finally got it done late in the summer summer and uh first night out with that thing we swept the show and we know we won everything we're fast time heat dash feature feature and like two weeks later a, a guy walked up said he wanted to buy it i threw put a number on it and uh i sold it and at that moment i was like i was like gosh dang you know it took me that long to build one i sold it already uh I guess I was out of race car. I didn't have no more, so I, we had to build some more. So you you said it took you you made two in a year, the first year. How many are you pushing out now a year? Now a year. Oh, we don't we don't do a lot. A lot of them. I think the best year we ever had was like twenty four. Uh, uh, I like that. Like that. 15, 18, 20 number. Uh, we do a lot of other work too besides just build these cars. Uh, we actually have to do that work to be able to afford to build the cars because the profit margins are not huge in motorsports, if anybody knows it very deeply, unless you can create huge volume with low labor costs. And when you have somebody like Spicy working for you, labor costs are not cheap. <laughs> you got to get that food on Saturdays, huh? Uh, it's not just feeding him. It's a problem. <laughs> 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 Well, uh, so you won the shootout, what was it, two, three times, right? Yeah, three, technically four. I got one taken away over, uh, I always like to word it, a motor technicality. Uh, we were not legal in any way, shape, or form. Uh, didn't mean to win that one, to be truthful. Uh, kind of just entered that class. I, could, I only had one car. I could only afford to take one car that year, so I entered non-wing class with my open wing car to be able to just stay on the track uh you know to keep track of the dirt keep track of the the rhythm you know of the watering of the track prep and whatnot and uh coincidentally won the wing and open non-wing the same year in the same car and and i knew we were going to get caught but in life sometimes as a, as a driver you don't get to sit in many cars that are what you'd call perfect. And that happened to be one of them that was perfect. And I knew I needed to bag back to six to not get caught in tech, but you just don't get to sit in a car that's that good very often. So I kind of forgot about it and just went with it. So, and even though with that, I heard that you had like a very large streak of making the Tulsa shootout feature like consecutive years after year after year. Do you know by chance how many years that was? I don't know. I made the first one in the first one I won was 2004. Then I, I don't remember the last year I ran there, but I've never missed a show since then until I quit going. Uh, you know, we kind of just quit going over. There's, there's, multiple reasons the the big reason everybody used to go was that was uh pre-technology pre-computer you went there that was kind of the micro trade show to to say uh if you want to see what was the latest and greatest you had to go to the shootout because that's where you know factor one sawyer pmp I mean, everybody bailey everybody that was in the business staller was going to bring their latest and greatest to try to show it to the world uh, and then later in life, you know, it's, it's right on your phone, you know, nobody can, can wait to show everybody, you know, what they got. And, and 
so it kind of just ran its course for me, won the cost and the time off, and it, it's just really tricky to do anymore. Uh, but to answer that question, I don't know. I mean, I guess 10, 12 years probably. I don't know. I, re I really don't know the answer. And that was either I either made a non-wing or a winged or I never ran A-class wing. I, I, I ran it the first year. Uh, that I won the open wing. I ran the same car in A-class wing and open wing, and I won with an A-class car in the open wing class, which which back then was unheard of too, but it's, it's, it's what it was. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know the answer to that, truthfully. truthfully. And I can't think of anyone else who probably has a long streak like that because that is probably a great feat to even just make it in there with today's numbers being what like four five hundred cars a class and being in the top 20 that get to make it there so yeah. that is pretty yeah. impressive in itself back you know back then there was still i mean it was right at the 200s you know it was in the 200s every year 180 200 mid 200s i mean it the shootout is it's never easy the the trick to big shows is, you know, you're still only racing 10 cars or 12 cars at a time or 20 cars at a time. Well, everybody gets all worked up on this 100, 200, 300 cars entered. You've got to realize you're only racing 10 cars at a time. The big complication to that is when you get 100, 200, 300 cars, the level of the competition is so much larger because there's less goofballs there. You know, guys that are learning like I was, you know, I was a goofball years ago, still a goofball today, but, but it just makes the level so much tougher. Yeah. And uh, so I know earlier you were talking about people would bring their car to the shootout to kind of show them off. Did you ever do anything like that? Like you would especially put something on the car or change something about the car just for the shootout to show off? no not to show off it was all about development and trying to you know put our best product out there like the first year we won that you know we had sway bars in the front end and i mean just all kinds of crazy stuff at that time uh back there that the first one i won the tracks always rubbered up because they ran go-karts and stuff so basically we built a pavement car to take it to a pavement race race and that was the last year they ever let it rubber up. The go-karts were done. It was over uh, uh, because we probably would have went back the next year and wounded them just as bad. You know, it took some people a minute. We learned a lot of that racing on the concrete, like Fort Wayne, you know, Indianapolis at the Dome, over in Ohio. So we learned a lot of that real bitey deal racing on the concrete indoors. So we took that to the shootout. Why not? So, I mean, yeah, that'd be a... you go, Briar. I was, I was saying it, it makes sense. I mean, might as well go to where you know or what you know the track's going to do. Right. Yeah. So we took something that we pretty much you could predict what it was going to do, and you can still predict it today. Uh, all you got to do is watch the cycles, watch when they water. Uh, no different than SAR a week or so ago. Watch them run the little water wagon around there. It's going to be there for a few laps. It's going to burn off, and you got to move. Yep. I mean, it's really that simple. Uh, what was I about to ask? I'm going to be Spicy. real blank. Spicy, you work for him? Are you always this proper? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> he seems so nervous. Like, is he going to fire you over this? He's getting laid off anyway soon. I hope not. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, he's going to school. Hopefully, he can get a little smarter here soon. <laughs> Hopefully. So, yeah. what made you transition from the driver of concept to the owner? If that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I. I mean, at one, I got a little older. Older. Uh, there was. There was. I mean, I, I, I was fortunate. I got to win uh, every race I ever really wanted to win. I mean, you know, I won the shootouts. I've won the race for life. So I've won the nationals. I've won, I've won pretty much everything you know, that I ever wanted to win. And then, and then I decided I wanted to try to help uh, 
create the next generation to try to to try to you know handle cars and 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 you know kind of look at it as a Keith Koontz type deal. You know, I got old, I got old. I want to try to pass it forward, you know, and see what we can do to help other people. Other people. So yeah, you have two cars in the house right now. Three. Yeah, we've got right now, which we're getting close to the end of the season. Uh, we've got uh, Caleb Chitsi, Camden Winter, and right now Jack Hoyer due to uh, his sprint car motor broke. So we brought him in, him in. So, to yeah. be able to keep him racing because it's that important. Uh, a guy like that can't sit. He needs to at least make laps in something. Look at Kyle Larson, for example. Why is he just killing all them other guys? He races everything all the time, nonstop. He's sharper than anybody. Yeah. You know, so you got to stay in the seat no matter what. So with the in-house cars, is it, do you enjoy that more than you did racing or did you, would you rather get in a race yourself? It's different. There, there's, it's, it's a totally different deal. Uh, I like them both. You know, I mean, I always enjoyed racing them, but I enjoy this too. I enjoy it just as much. Truthfully, I really do. I do. We went off a little spit. spicy. You got anything else? What? So we got we got off on a little tangent. You got anything? Um, I was gonna say, uh, oh, drew a blank again. Is it because you're getting up and out of your seat? No. <laughs> so with I'm just the, trying uh, to think of what we haven't touched on. So when you go to, well, first off, let me ask, like, what is your favorite track to race at? Oh, uh, probably my most favorite track I ever ran on, which I don't think it's shaped that way anymore, was uh, out in Stockton, California. I think it was called Delta. Uh, it was just a cool place. It was like a fifth mile, and and this was in the nineties. I was probably out there, and we were. I think I qualified out there like a nine nine seven on a fifth mile. It was super banked, uh, just crazy, crazy fast. Uh, I always liked those kind of places. The more banked, the more hill, bounce off the wall, or roll the bottom if you got it. But it's just so much more fun if you can, you know, get up there and let it rip. You know, not all tracks back then were big hilled like that. Uh, you know, Logan Sport around here is our biggest bank track. Uh, I've never been a real huge fan of the flat stuff. Uh, people say it's more technical. You got to be more of a driver to do it. I, I really don't buy that. But, you know, everybody has the right to their own opinions. Yeah. With that said, is there any, like, event or track that you try to stay away from like i know like nascar is like they hate daytona is there any track like that with you no i, I don't think so i i think we counted several years ago and i think i've, I've raced in 23 states across the united states over my time driving uh, you know in multiple tracks within uh, i liked them all they're just all just a little different but it's it's pretty cool i mean i i've been from new york to texas to california you know i've been all over the country racing these things wisconsin i mean everywhere nebraska wisconsin all over now we talked to pidge a little bit late earlier and it got me thinking what are your thoughts on number plates i hate them (laughs) (laughs) well there's one place in the world i i understand you have transponders and apparently Technology isn't smart enough there. <laughs> so you have those three in-house guys. What is, what is, I guess, what would be your most gratifying thing doing that? Is it just helping them and helping them transition? Or is it being able to give these guys a seat when they need it? Oh, no, it's to, to, to watch them grow. Uh, you know, and watch them do things like, oh, geez, you know, two months ago, we had to talk through that, you know, and now they're just doing it automatically. And those are all the things they have to know if they ever have the opportunities to move forward. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Caleb, he's really, he's really good at downloading and talking through things and then he'll go right out and implement it. Uh, Hoyer is new to be around. 
uh, I'm very impressed with him. He's actually, I mean, I always knew he was very, very good, but he's a lot sharper than I ever thought he was. He's very methodical how he moves around. Camden, he, Camden's just good. He does a good job. You know, he moves around. He does everything well. Uh, but Camden's been with us. This is four years, you know, so at that point, you really shouldn't have to be having the conversation, you know. Let's say, um, now with, like, a more experienced person like Jack or Camden, like, does that give you a better aspect on when you're building, like, the next year's card? Do you, does the input from them help out, or do you just do your own thing? Uh... I kind of do my own thing to a point. You, I mean, you still have to watch the cars and you got to, you know, see them. But the, the input does does ultimately matter, yes, very much. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were done, bro. <laughs> you make this so awkward, Spicy. He does. How am I make? I barely even know the guy, and I'm over here talking to him like it's nothing. You're over here about to shit yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to just think of questions. <laughs> You're sweating, I have to too? take my 30-minute shit break. <laughs> you know, a couple years ago, we moved into our new building. That was That was really big for the company. It took us, you know, 28, 29 years to get that far. So that was a huge accomplishment for us as right. far as that. You're up in Plymouth, correct? Uh, north of that, we're mm-hmm. Bremen, just south of Mishawaka. Yeah, yeah, northern Indiana. Yeah, don't, don't get a whole lot further north. <laughs> Honestly, no. Um, do you guys have cars in like Australia, or is it just mainly in the no? US? No, I never have. I've talked to a few guys over there, and just never have. I always just never could get it put together. Yeah. You know, you got the West Coast guys, get them over there, and the East Coast guys, but they can bring them around the water away from the other side. So I got to ship them all the way to the other side of the world yeah. to float them, you know, the other direction. So it just never worked out. Plus, they race, you know, their winners are summer. Yeah. You know, and it's just never worked out. Yeah. No. Who, I guess. Who made the biggest impact on concept for you? Like who who helped you keep the mindset of just push forward? I don't know. I mean, probably. I, I don't know. I, probably my dad, because uh, he always told me I couldn't do it. You know, it can't be done. You can't do it. And it wasn't to prove him that. It just it's just what I always wanted to do, or what I always thought I wanted to do. I liked building stuff. Yeah, and I love the race cars. Uh, you know, everybody thinks they have the answer, or you know, we race this week and we think, oh, we got it. We go back the next week. No, we don't have it because the the real deal is unattainable. The drag, the dirt changes, everything changes. You know, winter dictates the dirt in the summer. I mean, how can you race the same place one year? They don't even put new dirt on it. And go back the next year, and you're like on a totally different bar package, shock package, stagger package. I mean, how deep's the frost go in the ground? How much moisture do we get? I mean, winter changes everything. So you could ultimately go to a racetrack 20 times and rarely see it duplicate two or three times in that 20 races. Yeah. So the, the real answer is kind of unattainable in a weird way. Yeah, I get that. Um, who's, your, who's your biggest, uh, who's your favorite driver? Oh, well, you go, like, ever? Yeah, ever. Favorite driver ever. I don't know about a favorite. The best ever right now is, and it's not hard, it's Kyle Larson. I mean, that's not hard to figure out. Uh, I I don't know. There's so many. There's so many guys that are good at so many different things. I mean, you go, you know, I was always a Tony Stewart fan. You know, we I loved watching him. you know, I, I really like, I guess what I like the most is, is like watching more now today, the, the kids that I helped or I was around or worked with racing nowadays, like, you know, you even look at the high limit deal, Justin Peck winning. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Cause I helped worked with him a little bit when he was young and, you know, Parker Price Miller and 
you got sunshine, you got, there's so many of them that we got to help, you know, all the Armstrong kids, the Fern, you know, the Ferns girl, the list just goes on and on. I mean, of people that we worked with, which is, that's really huge. Yeah. You know, you you can walk up to them and, Hey, what's up? You know what I mean? And they always got to laugh and say, I remember one time you did this. It's like, I probably did. You know, one of them feels, yeah, I probably did that. <laughs> Spicy, you got anything? Are you done being nervous? You good? I'm good. Uh, so with all these drivers that are now in Above and Beyond series, World of Outlaws, All-Stars, or any other form of racing, do you, uh, per se, have a favorite moment of watching them develop as a driver no uh, but probably my favorite story i can recall was uh scott ronk called me one sunday morning which would be parker price miller's you know stepdad and parker went to sprint cars a couple years or whatever it was and i worked pretty hard with parker when he was real young and uh, Scott called me on Sunday morning. Goes, you ain't gonna believe it. Parker won his first All Star race. I think it was Attica. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, that's great. And he goes, but the reason I'm calling is he goes part way through that feature. Parker like locked in and just blew around everybody on the cushion. And he said after the race, Parker he'd ask Parker, uh, what was that? And he goes, I finally get what Rodney was trying to teach me about how to run a cushion like that. He goes, I get it now. You know, maybe a couple of years later, but he's like, he was right. You know, and he just never quite got it. I mean, cushions are tricky. Run the bottom's tricky. Run the middle's tricky. You know, it's just, you know, running the middle is probably the hardest thing in the world to do because you're like in no man's land. You know, you're just like caught in the middle. And that's the most patient and hardest groove in the world to run. Yeah. So either you're going to slide up or you're going to stick it down on the bottom one of the two. Or you better be really good at pedal control. Yeah. You know, the guys that aren't real good with pedal control usually can't get through the middle. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything, Briar? Who is, I would say, um, I don't know. I'm trying to, exp- what is one of your favorite memories all time as being an owner driver of concept? Uh, owner driver, actually probably my favorite memory is being an owner. Uh, as far as our biggest wing was with Craig Ronk and when he won the Kings of the Wings. Uh, that was the first year that we started working on what we call the C7 car. It's the Z-Link ladder car, which is, you know, like West Coast driven type car, you know, sprint car style car. Mm-hmm. You know, and concept has always been known, oh, they, you know, they won't run a wing, they won't run a wing. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to win that deal. So that was that was a pretty big deal you know for us but then all of a sudden wings died and guess what we're right back to no wings again so yeah yeah that was pretty cool as an owner you know uh you know as a driver i won a lot of stuff that was really good that i I really really enjoyed well i'm i'm good for my end spicy do you have anything else anything else i do not well i really super appreciate this rodney and i Look forward oh. to seeing what concept has to offer offer in the future. Offer in the future. Oh, I, I I would like to do it again someday. We'll, we'll we'll gladly love to have you again, but hopefully with a little bit more uh, alcohol in you. Yeah, less spicy too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we super appreciate it. Hope you have a good rest of your night, man. You too, buddy. Talk to you guys. Talk to you guys. See ya. All right. Three, two, one, go. That was a uh, well. A pretty bad interview on my part. Briar did a lot of the good work over there, but it was just great to hear about what it was like, you know, before the technology age of being able to share these cars. And, you know, back when he started going in the 1990s into the early 2000s, that's where you went to see what your next year's car was going to do or maybe what people are going to want. Yeah. It was definitely interesting to hear from a chassis builder standpoint on 
like where the dirt racing world is going to where it was and like how he got there was interesting and to hear that he went he built two cars in the first year and now he said he could push out 18 or more he says he just limits himself to 18 ish 19 ish but um it was also good to hear from somebody who has house cars hear about how that operation works and everything so it was definitely an interesting interview to hear it was also another interesting interview to listen to you try to stutter and uh talk but we will we will push through we will enjoy some more interviews um talking about interviews we have another special guest our plan is to get at least one special guest on here a week um this special guest has won a big race this year um he is a house car driver for a big chassis manufacturer um so it'll be interesting to hear his side of the story we go from an owner to a driver who all house cars so I'm excited to hear his interview. I'm excited to hear if Spicy ever gets better at interviewing. Um, Next week, we're going to cover NASCAR, dirt track, everything in between. So um, be prepared for that. Um, 24, like I said, two nights there for Dirt 2 Media. Dirt 2 Media is going to be covering both of those. So um, Spicy, you're going to be at Indy, right? Yeah, on, on Saturday. I'll be there for the IndyCar race and the, yeah, it should be Xfinity there on Saturday as well. Yeah, they will have both. Are you going to paddock pass? I know they're pretty cheap. Uh, I don't know because mom got the tickets. I just know we're over there and for turn, I think it's turns one through five for the road course. Dang it, mom. Um, But yeah, this Friday you have US 24. And then you have Cherokee Speedway with the American All-Star Series. And then Saturday is US 24 as well with Cherokee Speedway also. And then we had some kind of big news. Um, Sweet Springs is now Dirt to Medias for weekly racing. So you'll have them on Saturday as well. So um, we got, a what's that, five races on tap at Dirt to Media. So um, I'll be at US 24 on, I'm hoping on Friday. I'll definitely be there Saturday, but uh, I'll be there with the camera. So if you see me say hi, um, spicy will be there Friday with wrenches. If you see him, tell him to, uh, take lessons. Uh, (laughs) But, um, we super appreciate you guys listening. We super appreciate you guys' feedback. Um, please stick with us. It's like, it's the second episode. Uh, we hope to push out a lot more and a lot better content. So, uh, we appreciate you guys watching listening um again we'll be out on apple spotify youtube so uh be prepared for next week's episode so again we appreciate it uh spicy you got anything i was gonna mention here um the bet the person that could send me the best stuttering meme with my face on it i will send them a tuned by spicy chicken sticker you guys hear that free stickers if you uh get spicy stuttering so uh we appreciate it um have a good rest of your week. Uh, See you guys next Wednesday. Stay spicy.